Welcome to the Emerald City Hockey Podcast. Join RJ and Dylan as they discuss each week's Seattle Kraken news and top stories from around the league. All right, RJ, it's been a busy and exciting week for us, but before we dive right in, as the Kraken would say, I'm going to get this out of the way first. We are recording this Sunday afternoon before the Kraken's first preseason game, so we will not be talking about the first time the Kraken have taken the ice against an opponent in this episode. Fear not, however, everybody, we will be talking preseason on next week's episode, and we will have a video out later this week on the Emerald City Hockey YouTube channel covering the first few games. Now, on to the actual reason everyone is here, and that is, of course, to hear RJ's tales from track from Kraken training camp. Before we really break things down and get into the nitty gritty, though, do you have any overall thoughts you want to share with us from those first couple days? Uh, well, first off, it's been an awesome experience. Like this is my first time covering an NHL training camp and being there in person every day really does allow you to gauge kind of the personalities, the storylines, everything that's going on that ultimately will lead to how the roster is formed. And I want to give a big thank you to the Kraken uh, for allowing me to cover this event as a member of the media. You know, being able to get that up-close look at training camp and hear from the players and Coach Haxtell really has allowed us, I think, to improve our coverage and really help get all of you the best look at training camp that we possibly can. So big thanks to the Kraken for allowing us to do that. They've been great to work with at every turn. As for you know the actual pace of training camp, I think uh, it's been good and there's with some caution in day one, and then it's kind of just ramped up every day since then, you know, as you would expect, but I like where the energy is at so far. Awesome. That's good to hear. And yes, the Kraken have been great about everything. Now, I'm going to start off with lines because I think that's probably the thing most people are, you know, most curious about. Um, how set do you think they are? How do you think they look? Kind of who was matched with who? What, what did you notice when it came to the line? So with training camp lines, there's always that caveat that it's early. You know, they're very much subject to change. And if you spent five minutes walking around the iceplex on Thursday, you were probably bound to hear someone saying something to that effect. Some people overreacting to lines and, you know, you can never read too much into it. And in general, I agree with that sentiment, uh, especially with the team kind of being split into two groups so far, the white group and the blue group. But I do think there are some line combos that we probably can read into a little bit and it starts on the first line so in our pre-training camp guesses in our projected lineup we had Alex Wenberg centering the Kraken's first line in between Jaden Schwartz and Jordan Everly but it seems like the coaching staff is probably thinking a little differently there they've got Jared McCann in that spot centering Schwartz and Everly so to my eye McCann's done a pretty good job but you know not a great job so far He's a very skilled player, and he certainly doesn't look out of place on that line by any means. But the chemistry with Schwartz and Everly is still developing, I think. But, you know, that's to be expected, right? I mean, they've had three days. So, you know, what can we take about all this, you know, take away from all this when it comes to that 1C competition? You know, is this line set in stone for October? No, I think there's a lot of training camp left, and we're probably going to see someone else get a run there a little bit. But it does seem like McCann is going to have the first shot at that number one center role. So we should all keep an eye on him in these preseason games because that's really going to be his biggest opportunity to show that he's a fit there. 
So the other forward line that's caught people's attention is what has been dubbed the Swedish House Mafia line. And credit to Ryan Clark of The Athletic for coming up with that one. That is an awesome name. Uh, that line is made up of, as you may have guessed, three Swedes. Kalle Yarncroak, Alex Wenberg, and Marcus Johansson. Now, although Mason Appleton has been replacing Wenberg on that line the last two days, uh, because Wenberg's been absent from camp due to the birth of a baby. So... Quick congrats to Alex and the Wenberg family on that. Um, Looking forward to having you back soon, but great news uh, for Alex Wenberg. Um, But anyway, the Swedish House Mafia line has probably shown the best chemistry in camp of any of the lines so far. Dave Haxtell was asked why he put those three together, and he said that the pieces kind of fit in terms of the skill packages, but also that they spend a lot of time together off the ice, which builds a chemistry that well carries itself onto the ice. As for how permanent the line is, you know, I think there's a chance we definitely see it sometimes throughout the season, if not to start the season. It's one of those I think that Haxtell might fall back on when you need some familiarity, some consistency within the lineup. If things aren't going well, that would be a good one to go to. Uh, Funny story, though. Ryan Clark asked Haxtell how likely it was they were going to stay together. And Haxtell joked to them. He said, you know, why do you need me to tell you? You've already named them. (laughs) So, um you know, maybe if they can stay together, I think the Kraken might just have their first really great line name, which is a cool little milestone, I think. Uh, on defense, the pairings have really been mixed up a lot more than the forwards, so it's been really hard to read into the D pairs too much. But one constant has really been what looks like the top defense pair for the Kraken, and that's Mark Giordano and Jamie Alexiak. They've been paired together in just about every drill. And of course, in yesterday's scrimmage, they were also paired together. And it just makes sense, right? You know, they're who we projected as the top pairing before training camp. And I think the coaching staff just sees the obvious good fit that we all kind of do. Yeah, no, that's good to hear. And, you know, when it comes to uh, McCann centering that first line, I think, you know, something you and I both talked about is he's he's never quite been put in that position before. Um, we all thought he was probably, you know, too good to be hanging around the third line the way he was kind of stuck in in Pittsburgh. But yeah, making that jump from third to first line is is quite a big one. So I, I'm most interested to see how that plays out through these preseason games. Um, so now that the lines are out of the way a little bit, um, did you notice any sort of systems or plays? I know they didn't really work on special teams yet, but did they do anything particular when it came to, you know, cycling the puck in the offensive zone or as far as breakouts from their own zone that you thought was notable? Well, you bring up an important point that they haven't done any special teams work yet. And I think that's because Coach Haxtell is basically trying to triage this thing, right? You know, with only three days before your first preseason game, Haxtell made it clear that he felt that the early time was probably better spent focusing on five-on-five hockey, which makes sense, right? That's a majority of the game, and I think it's the best way to get your feet under you as a player when you're just starting out with everyone not really having played together before. Uh, As for systems, the players didn't really say a lot when asked. You know, a couple of the players were asked, well, you know, what specifically are the new systems that you're running? And they didn't really say a whole lot. Um, But some things that I did notice that were kind of emphasized in the drills uh, is there was speed on the breakout. Like that was something that was emphasized. Lots of puck retrieval behind your own net and getting it out of your own zone quickly and effectively. A lot of the drills focused on that. 
uh, and keeping that same speed going through the neutral zone. I think this is a team that's going to want to play a quick transition game coming out of their own zone. And they've been working on getting that down really smoothly starting from their own end. So I think kind of speed in those facets of the game is, is what they've been working on so far. Awesome. Sounds good. What about goalies? How did they look? Did you feel like any of them kind of fit a little bit better stylistically, you know, behind what we know is a, is a pretty large and physical defense? You know, the goalies have been interesting. And, you know, I've, I've kept an eye on particularly Grubauer and Drieger because that's going to be the goalie tandem to, you know, to start the season. But um, I think Drieger tends to look better in practice than Grubauer does. But, of course, when the scrimmage came yesterday, Grubauer was focused and just absolutely lights out. He got a shutout in the scrimmage. He stopped all five shootout shots, and he just looked unbeatable. And there were some high-quality chances against him, and he just stopped them all. He was absolutely as advertised. And I think that's something to probably keep in mind watching him in practice, that even if there are some more pucks going into the net than you'd like behind him, when the game time situation comes along, he's always like more than ready for it. So that's something to keep in mind with Grubauer. And then Drieger has just looked consistently good through practice and the scrimmage. He's certainly come as advertised. You know, I think this is going to be a great goalie tandem uh, you know, for the Kraken. It might be one of the best in the league, if not the best. Yeah, as for the other goalies, I think it's all sort of made sense so far. Like, Decord looks like the best of the other three, followed by Bebo, followed by Marat, as you would expect. Um, yeah, so I, no, no surprises there. Yeah, no, that's that's what we want to hear out of those big two, though. Um, how fast was the D playing? Uh, we know they're big. We saw from some of the highlights you put out on Twitter, at Emerald City HKY, for those of you that might not be following. Um, we, saw, we saw in those highlights that they're using their reach effectively. Obviously, a lot of them have <laughs> some pretty substantial reaches. Um, you know, they're not obviously checking their new teammates or anything, certainly not too hard. But, you know, usually the trade-off for size is speed. So did, did the D look slow if they were beat kind of, you know, out of the offensive zone going back the other way? Is it like, you know, just a guaranteed breakaway against some of these guys? Um, you know, real quick, you mentioned using the reach, and I've just got to mention this play that Jamie Alexiak made on Ryan Donato. I posted the video of it on Twitter so you can see it there. But, I mean, he literally just reaches his arm out and, like, keeps Donato back. You know, and Donato doesn't stand a chance. I thought that was a really cool play. Um, but, you know, that's a really good question, Dylan, about the speed. And I do think that's a thought that maybe the Kraken coaching staff have had and have tried to address. You know, I mentioned working on getting breakouts going smoothly, and a lot of that is on the defense. So they're trying to get them playing at a fast pace with the puck. Uh, and as far as without the puck, there haven't really been a lot of opportunities to get beat with speed in the drills that they're doing. Uh, but in the scrimmage, I mean, that's going to be the first big indication of, of where they're at as far as speed. But they really weren't giving up any breakaways. Uh, the defensemen weren't. Uh, the only breakaway on that scrimmage just came from a really bad turnover by Dennis Chalowski. So no forwards like truly flat out beat their defender, which I do think is a good sign, certainly for these defensemen early on. Yeah, I mean, that was the answer I was hoping you'd say. Uh how aggressive was the D offensively? Was there, you know, any pinching that you saw during that scrimmage? Uh, did it look like any of them are maybe, you know, f focused on being in a more offensive role than some of the other guys? You know, not really. Uh, and that's something that I've been looking for, but no one's really 
jumped out is kind of taking the opportunity to be, you know, more offensive defenseman. Um, and that might be my, by design, you know, that we know how this blue line is constructed. It's a lot more defensive type of guys. You know, Giordano did what he does. I think he has contributed a bit more offensively, probably the most of anyone. Um, but obviously Vince Dunn is the name you think of, right? When you talk about more aggressive defensemen on this team, the one you want to see step up and make some plays from the blue line. And to be honest, he hasn't really stood out much to me so far in training camp. You know, we're only three days in. That might be an issue of still just trying to get comfortable with new teammates, a new system. But in the scrimmage, he didn't really pinch very much. And honestly, I just haven't noticed him a whole lot in any of the drills. Um, but, you know, he's got time to settle in. And I think he's ultimately got to be the one that steps up and provides something offensively. I'm not worried about him yet. Um, but I just haven't seen anything that's really jumped off the page to me. Okay. Yeah, I'm not worried either it's a lot of new stuff it's very very early uh so switching things over to look at the forwards you know you touched on it a little bit earlier with some of the drills that they wanted to focus on speed did it seem like it was a healthy mix of kind of focusing on speed as well as you know forechecking and physical play or, or do you think it was kind of leaning one way or the other i think it was leaning towards speed for sure um the kraken do have a number of bigger forwards and you know like Alex True, Nate Bastion, a lot of the guys in the bottom six are bigger forwards. And you did see them using their body somewhat, but I think the drills that they ran at least early on were more tailored to the speed element. There really seems to be an emphasis on moving the puck quickly in transition. And I think they've been practicing to try and do a lot of damage off the rush. You know, the cycle, the forechecking, all of that I think will come. And we did see a little bit more in the scrimmage as things, you know, get like an actual game. A lot of the drills were you know, kind of either odd man rushes or odd man situations where, you know, it's harder to get the cycle going. It just doesn't make as much sense when you're three on one or something, you know, getting a cycle going. Um, so that'll come. But right now it seems to be a speed approach among the forwards. Uh, that really seems to be what this coaching staff is emphasizing. Now, scoring has always kind of been the big question for this roster so far. Did it seem like that's going to be warranted or do you think that there might be some players out there that, you know, could surprise on the upside based on what you've seen? Well, I don't think there's necessarily reason for that scoring concern to go away just yet. Um, you know, this is certainly a team that's going to have to score by committee to a degree. I think that's something that even through three days has been obvious. Uh, you, you don't have a superstar scorer out there, but we knew that, right? you're going to have to have contributions from all over the lineup. But one encouraging sign for scoring is I think that we've seen some of the guys that will need to step up this season look ready to do that so far. Uh, Jonas Donskoy comes to mind first after watching the scrimmage yesterday. I mean, he looked excellent. Uh, creativity with the puck. He scored a couple goals in the scrimmage. Probably could have had a third one. There was another good scoring chance. Um, he's a guy that I think can put the puck in the net uh, a lot more, you know, than he has. And he's he's consistently scored in the past, but I think given a bigger role, he could be one of those guys that steps up and he certainly looks ready to do that. Uh, and then Morgan Geeky, you know, he's been one of the more positive stories out of camp in general. I mean, everyone's talking about it. He's got a sneaky good shot and he's just been so smart about finding ways to get open and use it. He's able to find these soft areas in the slot to open himself up for shots kind of sneaking in backdoor to, which is especially impressive given that he's 6'3". I mean, he's a big guy, and yet he somehow managed to kind of get lost behind the defense. So, I mean, you look at Vegas and the Golden Knights having some unexpected sources of scoring in their first year, and 
you think of like William Carlson, who had, you know, like what, five goals the season before it ends up being a 40 goal score. I don't think anyone's going to do that for the Kraken. But if there is anyone who's going to even come close to that, Morgan Geeky is looking like the guy. I think he's ready to break out this season. So if you can get scoring from those two guys and some more contributions from, you know, further down the lineup, I think it's going to go a long way toward helping that scoring issue that the Kraken might have. Everybody get on the Geeky squad. I, I love yes. it. Uh, it'll be great if he's not just like kind of the face-off expert for them. If he if he can work into a, a larger role, that'd be awesome. Um, I know it's extremely early to ask this question, but we know that they, you know, obviously camp, you got a ton of players there. Not everyone's going to be making the team, um, especially on defense. You know, there's a lot of NHL caliber defensemen, a lot of NHL contracts, uh, one-way contracts on this team. Not everyone's going to be able to be around for, you know, too much longer. Did you kind of get a sense of anyone that maybe looked like they didn't fit as well as others? Any kind of clues we could be working off of? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a good question. It's something you have to look at, you know, and I hate to like call anyone out, you know, in a negative way since it's only been three days. And I will say there, it hasn't been a particularly bad camp from anyone. No one has stood out to me and I just like, oh this guy is just not ready, you know, or did not come prepared. There's no one like that. Um, but I, I think it's some of the things that, that you might expect as far as at forward, you know, the younger guys like, you know, maybe Alex True, Carson Torinsky, Cole Lind, those guys that, you know, maybe you are thinking need a little more time in the AHL to kind of develop a little bit more. I think that's probably consistent with what I've seen from them so far. Um you know, Morgan Geeky is kind of the only one of the the bottom six guys that I that I would say of the younger guys that's really stepped up and shown something great. Um, so I, I think those younger guys might need a little bit more time on defense. Uh, you know, the one I do have to point to is Dennis Chalowski. I, I just don't see how he makes this roster unless something changes. Um, he had that bad turnover in the scrimmage and overall just you know has looked a little bit sloppy. Uh, in some of the drills and you know it, it's it's tough go like this is the toughest team in the NHL if you're like a blue liner that's on a roster bubble if you're a defenseman trying to make a team this is the worst team to be on for that so I, I definitely do think, think Chalowski is going to be on the outside looking in but speaking of that roster bubble I think it's been really close uh, between like Lausanne, Borgen and Flurry. And I don't think there's three spots for those three guys necessarily, you know, maybe one or two. Um, I haven't seen any of them at Hayden Flurry, by the way. Um, have to clarify when we're talking yeah. about Flurry. I think Kale Flurry, you know, he's younger. I think he'll need some more time, but that's that's not a knock on him at all. And he's he's actually looked pretty good. But between Lausanne, Borgen, and Flurry, I just don't think any one of those three has distanced himself yet, um, you know, from the other two. So that's something to look for going forward. Uh, that's still very much an open competition, I think. Yeah, something to watch in these yeah. uh, preseason games. What about young guys? Um, you know, who looked good? Who you know looks like they're more more or less going to need that AHL development time? Obviously, there's you know some good young forwards at camp. Um, as for young guys who've impressed, you know, Hackstall was actually asked that exact question. You know, who of the young guys have stood out to you? And his answer was uh, defenseman Riker Evans, who is their second round pick in the NHL draft uh, this year. Um, he's only 19. So, you know, he's, he's not going to make the NHL roster this season. We know that um, coming into camp. But 
I don't think any of us who, who watched him uh, in training camp so far were surprised by that answer. Uh, he's someone that certainly stood out to me uh, even before Haxtell mentioned anything. Um, Haxtell mentioned he had good poise, good vision with the puck, and he plays a little differently. It's, it's interesting to see the contrast uh, between him and some of these other defensemen. He doesn't really fit the mold of the defensemen that the Kraken have been targeting. You know, big guy, physical presence. You know, Evans, he's under six feet tall. Um, but he uses his skating to put himself in the right spots uh, and, and break up plays. And that's, you know, the way that a lot of modern defenders are. Um, and he's looked really impressive with that to me. You know, you asked about which defensemen have stood out in creating things offensively. It might be Riker Evans more than anyone else uh, right now. I mean, he in the scrimmage, he had this great toe drag move around a defender, you know, coming in on the rush and created a good scoring chance and, and the Kraken or his team scored uh, in the scrimmage scored soon after that. Um, so he's definitely flashed uh, some skill and you know, he's not going to make the team this year, but he certainly looks like he has the makings of that top four defenseman that the Kraken are hoping that he can be. Yeah. It's, it's all good to hear. Right, one more, actually, I remember one more thing I wanted to mention Um Luke Henman, you know, first player in Kraken franchise history. Um, you know, I, I don't, you know, I don't think he's NHL ready. I think he's going to have to prove himself more in the AHL. But one thing I've really liked seeing from him is he's been bold and he's been creative with the puck. There was a one-on-one -on -one drill where he was against Mark Giordano, top defenseman, right? And he's circling around the net and he makes a move. He pushes the puck between his own legs and Giordano's legs and then spins off of Giordano immediately and gets the puck back. Like to try that, like to even try that. And then he goes and tries to like make another move like between his own legs around Giordano. Giordano stopped him at that point. Uh, you know, he's a good defenseman, right? He's not going to get beat twice. But I've seen a few moments where Henman has made some really creative plays with the puck. And I just love seeing that from him, you know, out of training camp. Be like a young guy who's confident enough to try that against even like the best defenseman out on the ice that you could be playing against. Yeah, I mean, confidence in young players is everything. Um, Want to ask about somebody else? Yanni Gord. He was there. He was out there on the ice. Obviously, he's wearing a red no contact jersey. But how did he look? Was he in, in good spirits? I, I saw you post something about him taking slap shots, which I was thinking of like, <laughs> he's, he's recovering from shoulder surgery. Why is he doing that? Oh, man, I, I had a similar reaction at first. Um, but man, he's looked awesome. I mean, for my money, he's been the most exciting guy to watch at camp, which is saying something. He's only been out there, you know, for limited times. He hasn't been practicing with the main group the entire time. But he has been the fastest guy on the ice and just infectious energy, too. After each one of those slap shots, he just flashed a big old smile to his teammates. Like, you could tell he was happy with how it was going. Um, and he was really trying to test that shoulder out. He took a lot of wrist shots, too. I mean, you know, from a layperson, anyone just really watching if not for that red no contact jersey, you couldn't tell he was injured. Um, you know, he was at full speed, you know, for that portion of practice that he was out there, which was just great to see. Um, and that's that's one of the things that's making me really optimistic, especially about the scoring question you asked earlier. Yanni Gord, getting him back is going to be a huge boost for this Kraken team. I mean, he looks so excited to be out there, to be part of this team. And um, I mean, I'm sure he's just chomping at the bit to get back, but it's great to watch him. Yeah, I can't wait till he's out there playing with this team. Uh, you know, you mentioned his infectious smile. Any other personalities 
that stood out that you want to you want to mention either from a leadership standpoint or just because it looked like they were having you know fun out there <laughs> um Talking about the smile, though, I got to mention, Jonas Donskoy was all smiles after the scrimmage yesterday. Um, you know, he had a great scrimmage. You know, that's reason to be happy. But uh, another infectious smile that I think, you know, spread to the, to the media people who were, who were talking to him. Um, so it was great to see him happy. Um, you know, as for personalities on the team, I think you've got to look at Mark Giordano. I mean, he's been a leader from day one. He's kind of the de facto captain of this team, it feels like. You know, I don't think they're necessarily going to name a captain, you know, right away. And uh, but he certainly stepped into that role, as you would expect. He was the captain of the Flames, you know, before coming to the Kraken. So, um, you know, he's been as advertised in that respect. Um, I got to tell a story, though, uh, you know, lighter side story that I, I did mention in the article, but I got to tell it here uh, on the podcast. Um, Jeremy Lauzon, like toward the end of practice, Lauzon took a slap shot. His stick broke in half, right? And, you know, the piece, shattered pieces kind of went over to the side. And then I see Jared McCann on like the complete other side of the rink sees that and just like makes a beeline dash right for the bottom half of the broken stick, skates right up to it, grabs it and starts tapping on the ice. Like, come on, give me a pass. Someone give me a pass. And then I forget who it was, but someone gave him a pass and he took a one timer with it and celebrated a little bit, then handed the half of the stick back to Lauzon. Um, So, you know, Especially day two, you really saw the guys enjoying themselves out there. A lot of smiles. They really just seemed like they were having fun, which is just great to see, especially up close. Like, um, you know, that they're getting along, that it's going well. I think it's a great locker room with these guys. And, um, you know, I, it just makes me look forward to next week and beyond, too, uh, just covering this team. It's going to be fun. Yeah. And, you know, who doesn't love some mini stick hockey? Um, you know, that's that's kind of all I had as far as questions. I, th- I think you've done a fabulous job of covering this you mentioned the articles on the website emeraldcityhockey.com where you've been posting things at the end of every day it's been great um do you have any final thoughts you want to talk about before we wrap this up uh you know one guy i do really want to mention because he didn't really fit into any of the other categories you asked about um but that's connor carrick you know figured he was more of an ahl type signing you know when he was signed and um you know, again, like I mentioned, this is the toughest team in the NHL to, uh, you know, to make the roster as a defenseman just because of all the guys that are there. But from day one, the effort in training camp from him has just been incredible. I mean, he's been one of the hardest skating guys. He's made a lot of great plays. Uh, you know, he had this play on a one-on-one drill with, with Brandon Tanev where he stole the puck off Tanev and made a beautiful deke around uh, Chris Drieger that, got everyone watching around me excited. I was there, I, JT Brown, Everett Fitz, you were around me watching and they were like, oh my goodness, you know, put him on the team. Um, so he's definitely shown up and he's taking this training camp very seriously. And it's just great to see the effort from him. I don't know how it'll shake out as far as the roster picture. It's certainly a very, very uphill battle for him. Um, but he has absolutely approached training camp the right way at every turn. So I think he deserves some recognition there. And I just wanted to, to, to shout out his name there. Yeah, no, it's great. Uh, because you mentioned Brandon Tanev, I do have to ask, did he see any ghosts out there? <laughs> you know, um, I, I don't think he saw any ghosts there. And I was, I was checking his face. I was looking to see if it looked like he saw any ghosts. Uh, there was a story, though, uh, about his unusual uh, sock tape. I don't know if you saw that, but he's got mm-hmm. these three big old lines of sock tape 
Um, so, and, and he was asked about that. I think it was uh, Sound of Hockey that, that got on that story. Um, but, and he was asked about that and he's just like, well, you know, you think of a better way to keep my, my shin guards up, I'll change. But like, it gets the job done. Yeah, whatever works. It's, it's what you got to roll with. All right, uh, that's going to do it for this episode of the Emerald City Hockey Podcast. As always, thanks for joining us, and uh, we will see you next time. Bye.